peace of peace. Peace of my mind, peace of my mind, peace of mind, a peace of my mind. Careful when you give a piece of your mind to someone, because it may not be a lot. You can be a peacemaker, but there's also a thing called a cult peacemaker, which is an interesting thing. Kind of the war, the gun, the war assembly. Whilst disturbing the peace, you might be confronted by a peace officer. A peaceful assembly could lead to peace negotiations, which might result in a peace treaty. Peace symbol, nuclear disarmament, piecemeal, how some of us like our Jesus. Peace, peace, which is actually both of the words combined, is a tune by Bill Evans. Have you ever been introduced to this cat? Amazing, amazing jazz pianist, okay? Amazing jazz piano solo. I listened to the first time this last week. It's from the 50s. What do you think of when you hear the word peace or the word peace? Rest in peace, right? Is it just end loaded? Inner peace, world peace, are those just pipe dreams? I sign my letters, my emails with peace, J-O-H-N. My first name only, lowercase j, the H while present is silent. Peace, a state of tranquility or quiet, freedom from civil disturbance, a state of security or order within a community. Check out this one, peace, freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions, peace. Harmony and personal relations. Peace, a part of the whole. We are in two different places today, both Psalms and Isaiah. And and to some degree, it sounds a little bit like 2022, right? There are some who say, who will show us some good? And and then Isaiah 9-2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. We look at the world around us and we think, dang, it's really messed up. In fact, to quote the great theologian Ray Davies, it's a mixed up, muddled up, shook up world. And often we spend a great deal of energy and emotion being so wound up about what the world around us is doing. Don't get freaked out. Don't. Don't get freaked out when the world looks like the world. Don't get freaked out when the world acts like the world. Don't. Jesus said, the grain and the weeds will grow together. And at harvest time, it'll all get figured out. Don't get freaked out. Don't get freaked out, even when the world is right next to you. Unless, of course, you bought into the world. Which I think may be the thing that has caused pain for the people of God. When they say, hey, I'm a person who follows God, and yet they still buy into the power structures that the world says we should embrace. Don't get freaked out. Don't listen to the news. It's really not worth it. It's really not. Don't listen to your favorite political commentators. It's not worth it. It's really not. All they're trying to do is sell advertising time. They're really not trying to help you. And don't get freaked out when the world acts 
like the world. Now, I'm not saying don't try and make the world a better place. No, not that at all. And I'm not saying don't feel bad when we see the weight and pain of that which is around us. But I am saying just just don't get freaked out. I mean, literally, I'll just do it like this. Just sit down and breathe deeply. For some of us, lay down. Big, deep breaths from the bottom of your diaphragm. Make your belly get big. Remind yourself that in a couple thousand years, not much has changed. The world's a messed up place. It was a messed up place when the psalmist wrote his psalm. It was a messed up place when Isaiah wrote his letter, his prophecy. Don't get freaked out that the world is a messed up place. Messed up places are exactly where the Christmas story comes into. Don't get freaked out, please. Unless, of course, you've bought into the reality that you should be freaked out. How can we experience the peace of Christ if we're never peaceful? There's a part of me that would just love if we just all lay down right now. Some of you might be bold enough to do it. (laughs) The Christmas story is designed for a messed up world. And there's not much that's changed. Yeah, you could argue technology has changed, sure. Certainly we have medical advances that didn't exist 3,000 years ago. But it's really the same. And the Bible talks about that reality, right? It tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And don't fall victim to the revisionist history that at some point it was a lot better then than it is today. Nope. 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 Sin continues to affect like it always has. From the very first time someone was told, you can't eat that banana or papaya, to the first time that a brother got mad at a brother. We live in a world created by God that is deeply flawed by sin, our choices. And into that comes the Christmas story. So the psalmist then resolves, right? In peace, I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Sleepy time is no trouble, except when I can't fall asleep. Is it when I don't let peace in or when my mind wins? Can I put myself in a posture to express the peace of Christ, something that I'm asking for right now as I tape this at 1.40 a.m.? 
And I should really put the fire on in the fireplace because I'm a little chilly. But that's okay because the cool night air in the house reminds me that warmth awaits when I wait on Christ and his peace. Would it help us to sleep at night if we realized that what we view as the greatest tragedy may instead be the greatest opportunity? And if we truly believe that God is active in his creation and bringing all of creation to a point in which complete restoration and redemption can take place, why wouldn't we put our worries in neutral? our anger and frustration to the side and take on a plate load of peace. In some ways, I, I think it really depends upon who we are serving. Jesus says you, you can't have two masters. You can't. Now, the immediate context of Jesus' words was God and money, okay, but I think it works here too, right? You can't have two masters. That if Isaiah 9 verse 6 describes the child that is born, a son that is given, name shall be called Prince of Peace, it would suggest to me that there is both a Prince of Peace and then a Prince of Not Peace. And the challenge for us is to inventory ourselves today. Every day. Which prince? Two princes. You should smile at that one. One, two princes who before you. Okay, never mind. We won't go there. Who did that song originally? The prince of peace or the prince of not peace. Who do we follow? Who do we aspire to have sway in our lives? Yeah, we've said yes to Jesus Christ, but truly do we allow the Prince of Peace to rule or do we allow the Prince of Not Peace to rule? And it starts small, okay? It, it has to start small. Maybe you saw the article. It was in the New York Times, okay? It's coming out of Wells, Nevada, and uh, it's talking about beavers, okay? And so this rancher in northeastern Nevada, okay, Horace Smith, would uh, find a beaver dam on his property and he would blow the beaver dam up because of all the damage that the beaver caused, okay? So he had this war against the beavers, right? He dies in 2014, his son takes over, and the first thing that his son does is make peace with the beavers. Because working with the beavers on his land has improved the quality of his land. Because the beavers build dams, which allow him to uh, retain more water during drought conditions and create op opportunity, less runoff, and all of these things. And, and he's making peace. What do we need to make peace with? What are the small steps in our lives? What's a courageous expression of peace that we can establish, a foothold for peace in our lives? And, and I get sometimes a peace returns to you. Sometimes you go into a volatile situation. And it seems like peace doesn't work. But even in those situations, it does not mean that we shouldn't express it. It should be the default position of the Christ follower. And even if the world rejects peace, the world will reject peace. Because that's how the world works. 
for the follower of Christ, we should aspire for more peace, aspire to become an expert in peace, aspire to follow the Prince of Peace. This weekend, Tim Keller, who is a pastor of a church in New York City, wrote an op-ed for the New York Times about forgiveness and how one of the things that are challenges that he sees today is that there's so little forgiveness that, that exists in the world and, and a variety of different opportunities for forgiveness to happen, and it doesn't happen. And a, a, a whole area, the forms in which we listen to things, okay, from cable news to network news to um, our social media posts, condemning all these things, right, observing all these things, how little forgiveness exists, how if you say the one wrong thing, you are absolutely destroyed, like forever and forever, forever and ever. And he's offering this idea that, that, that what we need is more of what God provides, not less. We need more forgiveness, not less. And he outlines a number of things. If you want the link to the, the article, I'll get it to you. And I think while he's talking about forgiveness, the same can be said for peace. We need more of what God provides, not less. We need more peace, not less. We need more of the peace of Christ in our lives, not less. And it, and it begins here. It, it starts here. If we as individuals don't embody this notion, if we don't start to turn off the things that are reflective of following the not Prince of Peace and embrace the things that are reflective of the Prince of Peace. How does a world around us that desperately, desperately needs the gospel of Jesus Christ, how does the world around us look at us and say, I want that, if what we're selling is the same thing as what they're consuming? If we're no different than the world around us, how does the Christmas story get in edgewise? There's two things, right? I think, I think it's both a personal responsibility and then there is also, there is a miracle, there is a mystery. A personal responsibility, a, an, an attitude, a posture. And, and maybe the thing that you need to do is the next time you feel yourself getting wound up, wherever it is, can you imagine what would happen, okay? Someone saying, hey, did you see this article? Did you see this? Did you see that? Whatever it would be, okay? Or, or, or you're at work, right? Okay, you're at work, and, and someone just really pushes your buttons, okay? Or uh, uh, someone that you work for or someone that you work with. I mean, just go, okay, and you just go like this. You're like, can I just have a moment? And they're like, what are you doing? I'm embracing a posture of peace. They would think you're nuts. <laughs> and wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be amazing? 
This week, okay, this week, someone just pushes you over the deep end and you're just like, hang on, I got to lay down on the floor. An attitude, a posture. It was a while ago, but Eric had mentioned this idea of breathing. And I didn't totality get everything that he said about it, but I'm like, I need to pay more attention to, my, to how I breathe. And what I'm thinking of when I breathe. Am I breathing in the very breath of God? Am I exhaling the non-prince of peace? It probably means you won't watch much more TV. I'm just saying. It's an attitude, it's a posture, it's a, it's a, it's a personal responsibility. Okay, but it's also a miracle. Okay, it's also a mystery. Because at 1.40 a.m. when you can't sleep, you're already laying down. You're already in the posture. And so there's a miracle. There's a mystery, right? Peace is something that we just simply can't manufacture on our own. It's something that we get from God. And, and how that happens, I honestly fully don't understand. It's, it's like many things, and I'm, I'm much more comfortable than I've ever been embracing the miracle and the mystery of a transcendent God and the commodities that God provides and how that will make a difference in my life. I don't know how peace comes over me when it's a gift from God. I just like that it does. Peace is something that we get from God, and like most of God's commodities the amount of peace that we truly possess is evidenced by how much we give away. That if you, if I am full of peace, then out of me will flow peace. If I am full of grace, if I'm full of forgiveness, if I'm fully cognizant of how much God has forgiven me, then when someone wrongs me, I am super, super likely to say, you know something? We're in the same boat. I'm going to forgive you as I was forgiven. That's Keller's observation, right? If I am full of God's grace, I am likely to give God's grace away because it just flows out of who I am. And if I'm full of God's peace as an attitude, as a posture, as a personal responsibility, and as the miracle and the mystery of God working in my life, if I am full of God's peace, then that will flow out of me. And all I have to do is check what is flowing out of me to determine what I'm full of. Some of you would say, sometimes you're full of, yep. (laughs) Point exactly. You've got it. You understand it completely and totally. What we are full of is what flows out of us. And if you say you follow the Prince of Peace, if I follow the Prince of Peace and no peace flows out of me, then it's an indicator of who I am really serving in that moment.
peace is something external to us that we can experience, that we can give away, that we can embody, and peace is also something that is internal to us. And so we say to one another, peace to you. I've been invited to think about, as I'm often invited to think about, this character who has figured prominently in my life. His name is Rich Mullins. He wrote this song. It's a communion blessing. It's off the album Liturgy, Legacy, and Ragamuffin Band. Here's how it goes. Though we're strangers, still I love you. I love you more than your mask. Remember last week, the greatest fear I have is not being loved, and if you find out who I really am, you won't love me, right? I love you more than your mask, and I know you have to trust this to be true. I know that's a lot to ask, but lay down your fears. Come and join this feast. He has called us here, you and me. And may peace rain down from heaven like little pieces of the sky, little keepers of the promise, falling on the souls the drought has dried. In his body and in his blood, in the bread and in the wine, peace to you. Peace to you. Peace of Christ to you. Please pray with me. I don't know where you're at today. And I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at a place like a friend of mine is at they just got a cancer diagnosis this week. Or maybe your life's just so chaotic right now you can't even can't even describe. <laughs> you might even think, yeah, that, that peace stuff sounds good, but there's no way it's happening into this tormented soul. I hear you. I hear you. And maybe you need a bigger miracle than most. A miracle of peace today. Father, we all come today with all of the things that we carry, with all of the weight, with all of the opportunities. We live in a world that is challenging at best. And into that, your Christmas story comes. And so we ask for your peace from the Prince of Peace in our lives today. That truly, this is something that is deeply personal and starts with us as individuals. The peace of Christ.
please stand. Let's.